look for the gold, and although the sun was glittering, still I didn't see any gold. And it's supposed to be like a column, you know, a series, a cone-shaped. <clears throat> a cone-shaped uh, form. Cone means it's narrow at the bottom and wide at the top. So unlike mountains, it's like there's this big cone yeah, of gold in the middle of the universe. Of course, in all ancient traditions, we find that this is widely uh, Widely, widely found, even in Germany, the old Maibaum, right, which is here, uh, you know, that Christmas tree on, on top of a flagpole, you know, you see it especially in Bayern quite a bit, and so on, but also in other places of Germany, that represents Mount Spiru, right? It is like a connection of the three worlds, the three worlds where the, uh, in the upper regions, the, the demigods and the middle planetary systems where we reside and then below the lower planetary systems. And in the core of that is Mount Meru and all these planetary systems are somewhere situated around that universal axis. So the universal axis is found in many cultures of the world. It is found in tribal cultures and it's considered like very important uh, to make the connection with the higher worlds, the connection between the higher worlds and the lower worlds. Right? And uh, generally uh, in, in the modern world, this has been all put into the realm of mythology. And mythology is a nice thing it's entertaining and it provides a lot of uh, nice information uh, about how things work in the universe, but it's not really factual. It is rather imagination, so they say. And Prabhupada just turns around and says, no, no, it's fact. That's it. And, uh, and by the way, they didn't go to the moon. Well, uh, okay, uh, really, no, they didn't. Uh, they're not going to other planets. Uh, no, uh, nothing landing, no Mars rover and all this. Uh, no. Uh, oh, how to deal with that? for the Western mind. Uh, one of Prabhupada's early disciples couldn't, uh, couldn't take it. It was just too much for him, you know. They, they didn't go to the moon and uh, he was shocked by it. That Prabhupada could say such a thing and took that position and he lost faith in the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, one day he came in the room and asked about the whereabouts of another devotee and Prabhupada said, oh, he went to the moon. <laughs> and that was just too much, you know. And at that point he lost it. He just said like, oh, and, and he, uh, he left. Um, he gave up Krishna consciousness. 
So now it's our turn. How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to accept it? Um, of course, we have since then seen some uh, documentaries around that showed that the uh, that there were there was something wrong in the videos that we saw of the moon landing. The shadows were on the wrong side. <laughs> <clears throat> That's fishy. <laughs> right? So there were things like that. Yeah. Then, you know, the other thing was that when they brought back the rocks from the moon, then they said, these rocks are just the same like the rocks in the desert of Arizona. Probably said that's where they filmed the movie. <laughs> anyway, conspiracy theories are very popular these days. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, we are not really entering into conspiracy theories uh, very much because uh, other than that, uh, well, other than, than what Shakespeare says, there's more between heaven and earth than you know, oh Horatio. So there's always things going on and we may not know the real facts. And, and if you really think that the news is telling you the real facts, then, you know, uh, I've even experienced in, 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 in management, in temple management, that sometimes there's the meeting behind closed doors and then there's the public statement. <laughs> I have seen one. And that's not always exactly the same. So governments do these things all the time. Anyway, long story short, um, Prabhupada just put his faith in Srimad Bhagavatam. He's asking us to put our faith in Srimad Bhagavatam and to simply always remember that the Ganges is coming from outside the universe. And as far as myself, flying over the uh, Himalayas and not being able to uh, to see all the things described in the Bhagavatam, no golden Mount Meru, that's simply because uh, because I was not granted access to that dimension. I cannot see it. Right? There are dimensions, and one has to have a certain adhikar a certain purity and a certain authorization to see. Otherwise, not possible. Not possible to perceive. That is, um, that is our answer to such points. Um, okay. Uh, we will not dwell on this too, too long, on these details, you know. Uh, after I have sown some doubts in your minds, I'll, I'll leave you with them, these doubts. And I'll let them fester there. And if you want, you can embrace them and you can blow them up and put them on your wall and look at it all the time and make a big thing about it. Um, 
But I decided not to do that. I decided to just not worry about it. I don't really care if they went to the moon. I don't really want to go with a spaceship to the moon myself. Forget it. You know, I've spent plenty of times in airplanes, in, in tin cans, and I don't want to go in these tin cans all the way to other planetary systems if they can go. Dangerous. I've already been in very dangerous situation in planes. I like to speak of these uh, those those things that are more dangerous. No, it's okay. I, I like Earth. It's a night for now. And yeah? <laughs> um, let's just stay on the ground. And that is just uh, really um, accept accept our situation. Yeah? Here is mankind. No, we will not accept the way nature is. No, we will change it somehow or other. We will adjust it uh, in any way possible. Yes, first mechanically, yes, now genetically, yes, but somehow or other we will adjust it until it suits our purposes. Just a little um, just hold up your arm um, and we will make the adjustments. <laughs> anyway, what shall I say? Um, the um, the situation uh, the situation is uh, where are we the, the matter is where are we going to put our face? Uh, are we going to put our face in modern science, which is the basis of our society, which is the basis of our uh, of our education, and which is the basis of our experience? I mean, look at the miracle, what science has brought us here. We are filming, and people on the other side of the planet are, are watching everything that's going on. I mean, isn't that a miracle? It's amazing what they can do. Science can do miracles. Yes, but it's highly overrated also. They can do some tricks, absolutely. But many tricks they cannot do. Uh, they know something, but, but then so much they don't. Uh, so one cannot just rely on it. Um, mm, they, there is the philosopher, a philosopher of science named Karl Popper. And Karl Popper said that <coughs> in science, each time again and again, there is a new theory. And then after some time, another theory comes and it overthrows the old theory. So basically, and each time they pronounce, now we have found the truth. But he says, but it turned out not to be the case. And each time it, it proved to be false because it was replaced by a new theory. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is offering us the absolute truth unchanging. Um, 
We also find uh, a story of uh, Satsuru Maharaj, who describes that when he was uh, just new in coming to Krishna consciousness, his name was still Steve, and he was working um, as a social uh, worker. And uh, one day his old friend came from him, came to visit him. And then Steve told him, he said, you know, it's amazing. The Swami is speaking from scriptures that are 5,000 years old. And then his friend said, well, I'd rather uh, read something that is more relevant to the world of today, you know, than something that's 5,000 years old. Um, but what his friend could not understand is that the truth is not changing. The truth is the truth and remains the truth and is never altered. And that point in itself right, is profound and is, is completely logical. That's completely logical. That is solid logic. If one starts to philosophize and says the truth is the truth and it doesn't change, that is, uh, is a foundation. So that is a foundation of our, our faith. Uh, of course, we find that already in, uh, amongst ancient philosophers. For example, <coughs> in uh, Plato uh, uh, describes discussions between Socrates and, uh, and, and others about this topic. Uh, and they are discussing truth and the nature of truth, and that truth is relevant, relative, right? Uh, it's like, for example, uh, if uh, I could say, if I get a lot of money, I will be happy, right? Okay, assuming that money makes me happy, then I'll be happy. Uh, so, next logic, if I get a lot of money, there will be happiness, right? But you will say, yeah, but I had to pay you that money, so I'm unhappy, right, that I had to pay so money. So it's not that when you get a lot of money, that there will be happiness. Yeah, there will be happiness for you. There will be unhappiness also. There will be both. So it's, it's relative. It's relative on the position. So all material truths are relative. Everything is relative in this material world. Nothing is is certain. I mean, look at this beautiful grass out there, and we know it's spring is coming. This is the last little hiccup, which happens in March, but very soon we'll be sitting on the grass with our plates, and we'll be picnicking off the visa, and it will be all so nice, and so on, and it's not far away. Yes. And then we're picnicking, and it's beautiful. But of course, uh, yeah, then, then, then sometimes, uh, if you imagine that we could become small, very small, 
then suddenly the grass would look like a forest. Um, the grass would be like as high as trees. And then the ants would look like tanks, right? All oh, these insects would shoot. And then, then you see the battle, the battle of the insects, and one walks over the leg of another one, and it's just like, say, this is not peaceful. Oh, my beautiful little green grass, and oh, little daffodil, you know, a daffodil. Um, and uh, is flying around just like a flying flower. Ah, so beautiful. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, if you look at it from the mini perspective, it's Kurukshetra. <laughs> yes. You see. So it's all relative. It's all relative. So all material truth is relative. Yes. Um. Hmm. Like, like love, you know. Yes, yes, you know, I mean, you are married and you love your partner, but that's not all. There are also a few things which you hate about your partner. <laughs> that's also there, yes. And it's like uh, the things that irritate you, <laughs> you know, in my, Grihastha Ashram, there was a little cupboard, right? And in that cupboard, there were my clothes. And we stayed in Vrindavan, and Vrindavan Mongol IT starts in Prabhupada Samadhi at 10 past 4, and then, you know, Prabhupada's body's there, and so on. So I really wanted to be there at 10 past 4. So um, I was the expert at flying showers, you know, fly through the shower and fly into my clothes in the morning and rush out the door and just boom, be there. And, you know, even getting up at five to four, I could still make it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, brush my teeth on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> Finish it under the shower. That's <laughs> like... You know, save time, things like that. Uh, yes, so I was expert at this, you know, and uh, and then uh, this little cupboard had flat doors. So then my former wife goes, "Why don't you close those doors? Why can't you close the doors? It's so messy." Go fifteen minutes, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I can't worry about closing doors when I'm in a rush like that, you know. So that was one source of agitation. And then what she did, <laughs> she would one day put the dotis on the right and the quarters on the left, and the next day the quarters were on the right and the dotis on the left. Now, so while flying out of the bathroom, I grab a dhoti and it's a kurta. This was just intolerable, right? Intolerable. Those were the moments that my love levels were at its lowest. You know, definitely. Love was gone, you know. I mean, this woman, you know, 
common sense. <laughs> because, so, yes, like this. In the material world, everything is valid. So what is true? And that is, so Plato is writing about this, and you know, that all truth is relative, right? So then uh, Socrates goes further and says, well, if all truth is relative, right, uh, then in one sense, everything would be true, right? Because, you know, uh, it would be relatively true to somebody. Okay? So logically, it would be true in some, to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. He said, so if that is true, he said, then I say there's an absolute truth. Then that must be true also. In this way, Socrates proved that there is absolute truth. Now, okay. So this topic, that there is an absolute truth, has been discussed throughout the ages in various ways by the sages. Um, we are accepting this not on the strength of speculation. Uh, we're accepting this simply as a gift. Um, so devotional service is the point where we start to rely on a gift, where we begin to see, I cannot know. I cannot know. It's like, it's not possible. The unknown is always greater than the known. Right? No matter how, how far we take it. And some took it very far, like Kant took it very, very, very far. Uh, but then, uh, but then uh, Nietzsche says, it smells of theology. Um, so, in this way, the uh, what to do. At one point, uh, we come to the limits of what we know and what we can know and what we can logically understand. <coughs> Sometimes we meet someone and we are presenting Krishna consciousness and this person is saying, oh, very nice, but I have my own philosophy. Right? And then they explain their own philosophy and usually it's some form of impersonalism. Um, why is that? Why is it that they always come to some form of impersonalism? The reason is this, is that um, if we go by logic, then we would say, that spirit is not matter, correct? Yes. Then whatever the qualities are of matter cannot exist within spirit. Therefore, if there's form within matter, it cannot be there in spirit. You see? Therefore, the truth must be impersonal, isn't it? Logical? <laughs> no. Why no? Yeah, because unpersonal. What? 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 No. Like I said, unpersonal is 
kann das nicht gut hören. Ich höre Philosophie, aber dann davor ja, das ist unpersönlich. Unpersönlich. Uh, impersonal philosophy. Yes, that is impersonal philosophy. But we can see that there's a logic to it, right? Because it, it, it goes, it says one thing cannot be the other. An apple is not an orange. And an orange is not an apple. As simple as that. Things are different. And matter is matter and spirit is spirit. And spirit doesn't have the qualities of matter. Um, yeah, that, that, that would be... Uh, so that is, is, is good logic in a way. I mean, you know, from a logical point of view, that is, that is, uh, is con consistent and makes sense. There's only one fundamental mistake. And we discussed it a few days ago. Namely, matter doesn't exist. There is no matter. Matter is also spirit. It's just an other manifestation of spirit. That's all. But it is also spiritual in its origin. That is the point. So, you know, that's where the first mistake was made in the logic. That matter and spirit must be different. Apples are not pears. Yes, very clear. Yes. But everything is spirit. Everything is resting on spirit. But what we call matter is an indirect uh, manifestation of spirit, where things are in a temporary form. Everything in a temporary form. And on what we call the spiritual level, everything is in an eternal form. Although there is change and variety, but it doesn't cease to exist. Um, here, things come into being, they flourish, they give off some byproducts, then start to dwindle, then cease to exist, and that's it. It's gone. That's... And, uh, but the soul is not like that. And therefore the soul will always become heartbroken in any relationship with anything material because it will not last. I'm sorry to bring the news. Whatever you love in this world, there must be something, isn't it? Daffodils, sorry, they will not last. <laughs> Is to <laughs> but it will not stay. Nothing in this world will stay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that is our um, our our understanding. Um, so we can see that this philosophy of the of the uh, the impersonist philosophy, which is sort of something one can come to with logic. I just explained how one can reach it with logic. And I also pointed out the fault in that logic. But Pantastakoti Satavatsar Sampragam Yuviyorata Vimanasumri Pumgulan Sukhyastir Pupadichintyavichintyapurtrigovindamaripushuntamahamijami One can never touch the tip of the toe of the Lord by yoga or by mental speculation, it's not possible. 
Krishna. Right. At this stage, actually, we are only imagining Krishna. Yeah. Because uh, I once had an interesting experience. I got shot with a, by a bullet. It was very interesting. Um, the, there were many things that happened in that experience. And one of them was that at one point, as I was recovering and in the hospital room, I had a vision. And it started that I saw uh, very large towers, like concentration camp towers, in a black and white picture. I'm seeing the room, but I'm also seeing these towers. And there's like a the machine gun nest, as they call it, on top of the tower. And now, uh, as I saw it, I thought, here we go, <laughs> here we go, this, now the trauma is coming out, right? So I'm watching the trauma, and of course I was shot from above, right? So it's like, okay, the machine gun nest is up there, it made sense. So as I'm seeing it, I was also analyzing it, <laughs> and I'm still seeing the room at the same time. So I'm watching these towers. Then the towers turned into trees, but no leaves, just winter trees like we're having now, and all in black and white. And I'm watching this picture. I'm watching this picture in front of my eyes of, of, a, of these trees, all black and white, dark. And then the image, let's say the camera, the view, slowly went down. And then it goes down and down and down, and then at one point, I saw the tail of a peacock. And I go, and next moment, dewdrops everywhere, on the branches and glittering like diamonds, and the sky behind, bright blue, full color, like, boing, you know. And I go, it's Vrindavan. <laughs> and I'm looking, and the view goes down. And we get on the ground between the trees and the and the, the the cows. The cows are walking between the trees. These nice Indian cows with the handprints, you know what I mean? Like with the, as symbols of love of their caretakers. Those cows uh, roaming between the forest. And then I saw Krishna and Brahma. And they were hurting those cows. And I saw, at, at some distance, I saw the village, and I saw Mother Yasoda standing at the edge and looking. And I looked further, and the gopis were uh, hiding on the verandas, on the roof, on the windows. I saw it all, and I thought, whoa. <laughs> you know, this is the wow factor, as they say, right? So at this point, I was no longer just analytical. The wow factor was actually getting me. You know, I was seeing all things. I thought, is this it? Am I going to leave my body now? <laughs> is, this, is this how you die? <laughs> Maybe this is it, you know? And it's just happening. And then, you know, I felt a, a great sadness. And then I knew. 
then I knew that Krishna was giving me this little glimpse, but that this was the end of being in Vrindavan, the place where I had joined, the place where I had served, the place where I'd given my heart, and that I wasn't going back, and that this was goodbye. And then the whole thing was over. Well, 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 you know, experience, yeah. And that's an experience, you know, you can, you can buy a book about it. Uh, you know, one day when I get over my laziness, maybe I will. Uh, I know the title of the book, it's called in, All in One Shot. Uh, and there's many things in that book. Uh, I should, if I, if I live long enough, I should maybe write it. It would be interesting. Um, because I, there's so many sides to that, that experience of Krimsha. But anyway, this one. Now, the question is, did I see Krishna? Did I see him? And I thought about it for a long time. And finally, I thought about it. And my conclusion is, no, I didn't see Krishna. I saw a mental picture of Krishna. I saw a picture of what I think Krishna looks like in my mind. Because I didn't roll on the ground. I was not like Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami who in a dream saw Lord Nityananda and when he saw Lord Nityananda and he saw that his limbs were moving and he had his earrings and his eyes were rolling, he was chewing metal and he was chanting Krishna, Krishna in a deep voice and when uh, when Krishna's Kaviraj saw that he just became totally ecstatic, totally uh, overwhelmed by transcendental love. I had nothing like that. I just saw a picture of Krishna. And like I see many pictures of Krishna, like I see the deities of Krishna, and I see the deities of Krishna, and I'm not rolling on the floor, and I'm not overwhelmed with transcendental love. And I realized I did not see Krishna. I saw a mental picture of Krishna because that's all I have now when I meditate on Krishna at this stage. All I have is a mental picture of Krishna. It is interesting how it is stated in, this, in the Chaitanya Chandramrita, a book written by uh, the uncle of Gopal Bhattu Swami named Prabodhananda. Uh, Saraswati, his samadhi is a very nice place in Vrindavan just to be found behind Kaliyagat. You walk straight through and there it is behind Kaliyagat. Don't forget to look behind Kaliyagat. And Prabhupada was a sannyasi and he was so ecstatic and uh, yes, uh, so Srila Prabhupada uh, he is saying that in the stage of bhava, Krishna actually appears in your meditation. 
See, that's when Krishna actually appears. Prior to that, we are meditating. What you're doing, I'm meditating. <laughs> uh, what you're meditating on, I'm meditating on Krishna. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Can you hear the flute? All these things. Uh, but this is, oh, is, is, is still where we are pushing our mind towards Krishna. Uh, I compare it to taking bath in the Ganga, since we're talking about the Ganga. And let's say in Mayapur, when you go into the Ganga, in the beginning, when you go through the water, you have to push your body through the water. And as we are pushing our body through the water, we move through the water. But as you go deep in the Ganga, no pushing. Oh no, then the current will just grab you and you fly. <laughs> you know that? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. There you go, right? See you later. A few kilometers downstream. That's how it is. Yes, so spiritual life is also like that. In, in the beginning, we are pushing ourselves to Krishna. But in Bhava, Krishna manifests himself in a meditation. Instead of pushing our mind to Krishna, think of Krishna. Krishna, 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 peacock feather. Dark like rain cloud like this. <laughs> Three band four. About <laughs> that. Did you get the Kastuba gem? Oh, sorry, Kastuba gem. Yes. <laughs> Did you get the yellow silken doti? Mm -hmm. Yeah, got that one. Okay. Did you get any other jewels? Yes. And what are the earrings like that you see? Uh, hmm? What earrings? What? Makara. Yes, which means in good when, English? <laughs> when we see creature, like something. Sea creature. A shark. In the Dhammadurastika prayers, right, every year during Karti, we religiously really read that translation. And we are every day for a month. And we hear that the shark-shaped earrings are swinging to and fro, right? Remember this to and fro? If you like, maybe you read it in German here, I'm not sure. To and fro, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, okay, let's say shark-shaped or bakara. That's that sea creature. <laughs> so Krishna has sea creature uh, earrings and all that. So okay, you got all that in your mind. It's it's a whole thing. Eh? Lotus eyes. Okay, you know like what else? Lotus here, lotus there, lotus navel, lotus face, lotus lotus. It's a whole thing, right? So anyway, in this way. Uh, we have a picture of Krishna in our minds, sort of, and, and that's Krishna, right? Uh, and no 
those who don't have so much information, they just go by some picture from a book, you know, just remember that one. Uh, but, uh, and some artists are amazing, you know, are amazing. They reveal something to us, you know. Uh, now, for a moment, I'll jump from Krishna to Lord Nietzsche, it's the same, but, and so, in Sweden, they have this art, this, uh, this actor, devotee, but he's a professional actor, and, and when he plays Lord Nichananda, he's not like, uh, <laughs> you know, like we are usually Lord Nichananda, you know. No, he sits there, and he breathes, and he trembles, and he's powerful, and he goes like, whoa, I mean, this, this is an Ichananda. God, is so, feel that power, you know, that, that ecstatic, transcendental power in him. Yeah. It's like the artist gives us an extra glimpse, a little more. He lifts the veil a little bit and we see a little more of Krishna, a little more in our mind's eye. When we're still seeing Krishna in our mind's eye, oh, when, oh, when will we see Krishna face to face? That day, that day, we will roll on the ground. That day, we'll forget ourselves. That day, just, just these feelings for Krishna will be everything. And, and, and we couldn't care less about the moon and about... Uh, all these other things, other than that there are 24 and a half moons on the body of Krishna. Krishna Chandra. Yes. But that is a whole thing for that. You have to look at the Chaitanya Charitamrita and, and you just, uh, because 24 is too much for my mind to remember. I cannot remember 24 and a half things. Impossible. I don't have that capacity. About six or seven, and then it stops. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, is that our current uh, experience of Krishna is through hearing, and then we get, and then through that hearing we begin to develop a, a, an image in our mind, a concept in, of, in our mind of the spiritual world, that, and of what it's like, and it's Krishna. When Tamal Krishna Maharaj, uh, who I had a close relationship with, left his body, two weeks later, I had a dream and Tamakrishna appeared and he came from the sky and he fell on the ground before me and I also fell on the ground. Then Tamakrishna picked me up and embraced me and all this transcendental love was, uh, was emanating from him. Right? And I also felt really like, <sighs> and it was a dream and I woke up like, whoa, totally ecstatic, affected by it. I got something from that dream. 
So it was quite a dream. It, it actually brought me some ecstasy, some real feeling of ecstasy. Um, so I told this, this, this dream, I told about this dream once to Sachinanand Swami. Then Sachinanand Swami says, you know, Kadamba Kanana Swami, I also had a dream of our Tamar Krishna Maharaj. Would you like to hear? <laughs> so then I said, yes, Maharaj. He said, well, Tamar Krishna Maharaj, he came and he was very blissful. And then when I saw him, I asked him a question. <laughs> and I asked him, Taman Krishna Maharaj, what is it like? And then Taman Krishna Maharaj said, it's not what you think it's like such a And that was the end of the dream. <laughs> I hope it's okay that I shared this. We are friends, so I think it's okay. Um, I like to imitate him because I think I'm quite good at it. Yes. Um, so yes. Um, then, are we not going to see Krishna as he is while we are in this material world? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Don't worry about it. Right? Because we'll go back by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. Yeah. Yawning is a symptom of ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> to the lecture devotion. Yeah. So I'll take it like that. <laughs> not that it was boring. <laughs> Um, yes, so it doesn't matter, you know, uh, in conclusion, right, just, uh, um, you know, once I gave a seminar, it was called from uh, 66 to 99, right? And in 66, you know, there's a Back to Godhead magazine and it's just describing the success of ISKCON. A new temple has been opened and, you know, there's, and it's all Prabhupada's preaching and there's just an article and the devotees are waiting for Prabhupada to come down from his room and it's a long wait, but they don't mind because Prabhupada's coming. And then they have a long kirtan and after a short talk by Kirtananda and Kirtananda says, where were we? One year ago, where were we um, six months ago? And now we are here, all with effulgent faces, just because of the association of a pure devotee. And that's 66. And we're all going to go back to Godhead because we have a pure devotee, and, and that's it. <coughs> In 99, Things have changed a little bit. <laughs> Let me take some water on 99. <laughs>
in 99, it said, let me get you the if your guru is a Parma Prista Priya Shaki, if he is, then possibly he can give you brain, right? And then theoretically, you can go back to Godhead, although practically it usually doesn't happen. <laughs> 99. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> that was very uh, <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> so, don't worry. Don't worry if your gurus are part of the priest Don't worry about praying. Because even if you don't get it in this lifetime, even if you don't see Krishna, as he is, right? Don't worry about it. Because Lord Chaitanya will take us back. And if not Lord Chaitanya, definitely Lord Nichananda. And if not Lord Nichananda, definitely Prabhupada will take us back. Because he said so. He said if you chant 16 rounds and follow regulated principles, you go back to Godhead. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Prabhupada spoken in Portland. We told by Tina Bandhu. Uh, in Srimad Bhagavatam, there's another one. Uh, Risi Uchu. Risi Uchu, when Hirani Kasipu was asking for the benediction, not in the day, not in the night, not inside, not outside, you know, not by any weapon, not by any animal, not by da 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 Long list, and in the end, that's us to all granted by Lord Brahman. <coughs> Risi Uchu, when the saintly personality speaks, it becomes true. And Prabhupada said, therefore, when the saintly personality says, you chant 16 rounds and follow four regulated principles, and you'll go back to God, and then you must go. <laughs> Veda face. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. This is proof. This is hard proof. Uh, we can go back back to the spiritual world. Um, simply, simply by taking shelter of Sri Prabhupada and his movement. And that's how it works. That's how we'll go back. Whether we're gonna be gopis this lifetime, I don't know, you know, maybe you, but I'm still a Dutchman on clocks, you know. <laughs> can I, do? I still have wooden shoes. Yes. Now some questions and comments after all of that. Hey, Krishna Mahalas, thank you very much for listening. It was not boring. I <laughs> wanted to ask, uh, if we don't have to think about going back to the spiritual world, we have to don't, we should be sorry. But uh, my question is, what desire should we cultivate inside of us? We should definitely think about going back to Godhead. We should definitely uh, realize that this material world is, uh, is 
is, is, is never going to work. It's never going, you can't fix it. You know? It's an old broken car. You fix one side and then the other side breaks. You know what I mean? It's like it's this whole dream that I know, I know there is suffering in the material world. I know, I know, I know. I know. But there also is enjoyment in the material world. And you gotta be smart. And you gotta work hard. And then if you're smart and you work hard, you can figure it out. Hey, you son of a gun. We gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm young, I'm strong, I'm full of energy. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And you old sour old man, you know what I mean? Just because you were not successful in your life doesn't mean that I will not be. No, no, no. No. Forget it. You know. When Prabhupada speaks about anartas, unwanted stumbling blocks on the path of spiritual progress, Prabhupada is saying the entire material world is an anarta. He, he just wrote off the whole material world. I mean, just <laughs> threw it in the garbage can, just like that. <laughs> Not so quick. <laughs> and there's some good things also. Um, yeah, there are, but um, like I said yesterday, those are the reflections of the spiritual world, really. And the only real good thing in this material world is the mercy of Krishna that descends. And the material energy. Forget it. But I love walking in the forest. Yeah, but then, you know, your foot doesn't always like it. <laughs> your mind may like it, but your foot sometimes gets painful in the shoe. Yeah. So it's not all liking. Let's forget the spiritual world. It's completely blissful. Even your foot will be ecstatic. Even your backside. The <laughs> front side, the top side, the bottom side, every side, every fiber of our existence is totally absorbed in existence. Let's forget this half-baked material happiness. It's just so we have to be very serious about wanting to go to the spiritual world and at the same time cut our faith in, in, in material life. Materially pessimistic, spiritually very optimistic. Yes. And you get the microphone for the internet people. When we are drinking, uh, we should take the serious this dream or not? Sometimes also we dream, of course, about devotees or some spiritual things, or is everything just coming from mind and we should just ignore uh, Exactly. That is the difficult question. You have raised the difficult question. 
And that difficult question is there when we are dreaming. Like uh, in the 80s, there was one proper disciple named Withheld. But it was very interesting, early 80s. And uh, he had a dream and Prabhupada appeared. And Prabhupada told him that he should be in charge of ISKCON. <laughs> and Prabhupada told him in the dream, he told him in the dream what to do. And he gave him many instructions about ISKCON. And then he wrote a letter to the, the Vaishnavas and about the instructions he received from Prabhupada. But they did not accept him. So uh, one cannot just rely on the dream alone. It must be confirmed by Guru Sadhu and Shastra. Now that's a lot of things to bring all in, in line. And it can happen that the Guru agrees and that the, the, some of the Sadhus don't agree. But should, so, <clears throat> but at least our spiritual master should, uh, should, should sign off on it. So if you dream tomorrow that you're in charge of this content, <laughs> please double check with your spiritual master. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? And by the way, if you research it, you can still get your hands on the instructions that were given to that devotee by Prabhupada in the dream. It's still there on the net. You can confidentially. Thank you for your optimism <laughs> uh, and like this enthusiasm that you gave us. Um, I have one question. Um, how to wish and desire and have this eagerness, but don't take it cheap in the same time and be realistic. Uh, yeah. Same. Your question is a little similar to hers because your question contains the answer. It, it is actually a, a statement of, of the complexity. Yes. Spiritual life, as long as we are in this material world, there is complexity. Spiritual life is not simple, right? Uh, because there are contradictions within us. Yes, we're facing contradictions. We're facing optimism, but we're also facing pessimism. We're facing struggle. We're facing so many different experiences simultaneously. <clears throat> and uh, but we should gravitate towards that spiritual optimism. That's where we should gravitate. You know, like, you know, one thing is, like, you see about Prabhupada, uh, although Prabhupada was totally, devastatingly pessimistic about material life, in general, when you're looking at Prabhupada, you look at him like a very positive person. Yeah? Prabhupada is positive. There are two paths in spiritual life the via negativa and the via positiva. The via negativa is that you look at the whole world as, you know, it's all, it's all terrible, it's all suffering, it's all just struggle, <coughs> it's all just, we have to give it up, and spiritual life is just a fight with Maya, and this is all, 
via negativa. And via positiva is the embracing of the, of the mercy and looking at Krishna who is present in our life and making arrangements to deliver us and so on and so on. Um, <coughs> sorry. I ate after midnight and when I do that then the next morning <coughs> full of mucus. Anyway, but who cares? It was Prasada. Be a positive. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from Jagatakar Maharaj. Um, one time I was doing a little uh, construction project for Jagatakar Maharaj, building an expo for the festival. And he was supposed to give me money, and he just wouldn't give it. Because Jagatakar Maharaj is very generous when it comes to bhakti, but when it comes to money, ooh! <laughs> it's not easy. So it took hours, and finally, I'm sitting in his office and I'm working for him, you know? And so I thought I was important. All kinds of people come in the office, and he totally ignores me, as if I'm not there, and talks to everybody else. After about one and a half hour, he took his checkbook out of the drawer, you know, and it's like, and then that was it. After another half an hour, he sort of opened the checkbook, <laughs> 15 more minutes, and he started writing the check. And he wrote it, and he didn't sign it, you know. <laughs> anyway, and it went on and on and on. At quarter to 12 midnight, I finally got him to the point to sign the check. He signed it. Right? Then he didn't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> At five past twelve, I had my hands on the check. He also had his hands on the check. I wasn't going to let go. You know? so, I got it. Right? <sighs> Thank you, Maharaj. And then he said, then his mood changed completely. He said, you want some prasad? It was quarter past twelve. <laughs> and I go, prasad, you know. And I guess, like, well, I, mean, I guess after all of this, uh, uh, why not? <laughs> and we went to this roof. And there was a huge thing, you know, the, the last offering and puffy balls and, you know, and like all kinds of things. And we ate this huge feast at night. And then, uh, uh, Gosh, I somehow like, made it to uh, to my bed and crashed. And the next morning at five o'clock, bang, 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 is the via positiva. Yeah, just remain connected. It's there. And that's what's moving us. And yeah, a little bit of via neg negativa. That's in the rear view mirror. You know, you're driving. Hey, it's all via positiva. <laughs> but you look in the rear view mirror and see a little bit of via negativa. That's our Shall we stop? I think so. Thank you very much.